Hey, Combo Nation. You could be anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with me, and I appreciate it, man. Combo Nation, what is up, everyone, and welcome to episode 521. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks. What is Prize Picks? Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. NBA season is here. Check out my IG stories for more about prize picks. Testing my skills on prize picks. This basketball season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you could turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePix and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars that's right go to prize picks and use code combo for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars daily fantasy sports made easy prize picks today's show is also brought to you by good drills the all-encompassing app for basketball skill development and strength training just a fantastic way to work on your game learn more about it in the show notes click the link sign up for good drills ceo bobby white listens to every episode of combos court so supporting bobby supports combos court supporting combos court supports good drills you get it man you get it today's show matt isa joins in to talk nba shot profiles Is Denver's depth a concern? Can SGA win the NBA MVP and more? You can catch Matt's work on Forbes.com. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the show. I saw you were actually Michael Jordan. Was that last night? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um, I had his old practice uniform. Just rocking that around. It was that. So it wasn't last night because we're recording this on Monday. It was two nights ago. But um, I just received the photos last night. Were there any other uh, great costumes out there? What'd you see? Oh, there's a bunch. Um, well, first of all, the funny thing is people kept telling me. And it, I mean, I took it as a compliment, even though I, I know I don't really look like him. People kept telling me I should. I should have dressed up as Zach Levine, um, and that I would, I'd be able to pull that off better. But um, regardless, neither one of them. I don't have either of their aerial abilities, so it wouldn't matter <laughs> on, a, on a court perspective. But um, maybe Michael Jordan's current 
aerial abilities. I might have those. Um, but uh, good costumes. There's like this one guy dressed up as um okay, so I'm not a big a big Star Wars guy. Um, so I don't know the character, but that big like hairy furry thing, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking you don't No, I'm not a Star Wars guy either, but it sounds somewhat familiar. Like what, whatever that big furry thing is. He was dressed up as it, and it's like it's so funny because like he could have looked like anything under that costume. Like he had the full costume, right? He could look like anything under that costume, but like right when he walked into the bar, a bunch of girls just flocked him and started dancing on him just because he was in that huge costume. And I was like, man, that's kind of like a cheat code. Like you could look like anybody, you know what I mean? And just be wearing that costume, and then everyone will just want your your time and attention. Yeah, the NBA season is here. Has anything really jumped out to you in these? Uh... What a segue, right? In these yeah. <laughs> from Halloween to the NBA in these early stages. Um, so I'm still, admittedly, I'm still catching up on some film. Um, again, I was I was in Chicago for the weekend, so a little bit behind in some games. But the one, I think, the two big things that are really standing out to me is like everybody wants to shoot more threes, and everybody wants to play faster. Um, I think that's really the big thing is like, I think people are really starting to understand the strategic advantage of just shooting more threes and, um, you know, playing with more pace uh, over the summer. Actually, I, I studied the like early two thousands Boston Celtics and they, I think they're a good case study in that they were like, a, they have pretty poor offensive personnel out of outside of Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce but they always managed to kind of stay league average in offensive rating during that time because they just shot so many more threes than the rest of the league. And they weren't even a good three-point shooting team. I think they were like average or something in terms of efficiency, but just that shot and like the potential value of it when you can hit it is just such a game changer. Um, I think more teams are realizing that. I've been watching a lot of the Pelicans and Bulls lately. Um, and there were two teams that actually finished in the bottom in three-point attempts last year. And I, I can already tell that they have more emphasis on just taking threes, um, playing with more pace, things of that nature. So you don't think we've hit a tipping point yet? Because I think one might assume that eventually teams, because we're in the three-point generation, that it would start to like trickle down a little bit. But you're actually seeing the case that we're getting to a place where we're even more and more and more threes are happening. Yeah, I think, I think the teams are seeing like, the Chicago Bulls, for example, is a great example because they had one of the best effective field goal percentages in the league um, last year. And it's because they were such a good, like they were so good at hitting mid-range jumpers, right? But they had one of the worst offenses in the NBA. Um, and like, I think for a long time, like, I, you know, KYP, right? Coaches, KYP, mm -hmm. yep. your personnel, you play your personal strength. If you have great mid-range shooters, you shoot a lot of mid-range shots. If you have great three-point shooters, shoot a lot of threes. If you have great paint players, you play in the paint, right? Whatever. Bulls, a team like the Bulls has a lot of great mid-range shooters. So that's kind of something they've leaned on over the years. But even I think teams are now starting to see like even with KYP in your mind, there has to be a limit to that. We still need to get like X number of threes up just because, you know, everybody else is doing it. We need shooting, even if we have great mid-range shooters. Um, somebody I've really, I'm really keeping tabs on is like a guy like CJ McCollum mm. who in the first couple of games, I can tell he's, he's um, rehabbed his shot diet a little bit. He's shooting a lot more threes, getting to the rim more. Um, and he, I think that's the kind of player I'm interested in watching. Cause he's like at the, this point in his career, he's not 
like the Brandon Ingram, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant type mid-range shooter where it's like he's so elite that this like this is probably better than like three pointers. Like pull three points. He also gets it off a little bit quicker. Like he could get his all. He yeah, doesn't he, need. He doesn't need time. Like those guys. Like they want to kind of get in their bag. He can right? be a better catch. Yeah, he can be yeah. a better catch and shoot shooter than that. Yeah. So he has a higher upside there. So, I think a guy like that who's not ninety fifth percentile higher mid range shooter. Like I think those kind of players, you're going to see them change that diet a lot more. Um, if they want to continue to to be you know a big part of NBA teams. Staying on that, I mean, I'm sure the Suns will be an interesting case study for you, right? Like they got their three top guys are like mid-range killers and they really depend on that mid-range game. And no matter how great you are, it's like it's not easy to just stay at 50 percent when you're taking tough twos, no matter who you have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think Book and Katie should be fine um, because they're in that that echelon, like that elite elite. But everybody else is really going to have to get them jacking up. They're going to have to be jacking them up. Um so we'll see. I think speaking of the the quick releases, I feel like Book has a better chance of upping his three point volume than Kevin Durant. There's just always something about Kevin Durant's like the way he gets into a shot. To me, I feel like it's so it's so hard for him to take a lot of threes. Um, well, he like he likes the hezzy pull, no matter where it is on the court. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. No, you, you you go ahead, man. All right, I wanted to shift to Denver because yeah. last season, I mean, obviously they're champs, so I'd like to speak about them, but mm-hmm. they did lose some depth. It feels like their five is just as good or even better, but from a depth standpoint, do you think the loss of Jeff Green and Bruce Brown could really hurt them down the stretch, or would you say that they're still the most complete team in the NBA? Uh, I would I need to watch more. I need to see more of this Peyton Watson guy. Mm. If you ask their general manager, he's the like, you know, he's the next best thing. He's um, there's him, and then there's God. Um, no, no, I'm <laughs> um, I, I don't know. So I'm, okay, so I watched. I watched the first game of the season against the Lakers, and I think the two biggest things I took away from that game are like, okay, like that five, like their execution. They're just as good as ever. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think Aaron Gordon might have gotten better. He he looks so confident. Um, yeah. So they're five, just as good as ever. And then it's like kind of like, I don't know. I need to see more of these young guys. Um, I felt the same way about them heading into the playoffs last year. I was kind of worried about their depth, right? And that was with Brown, with Jeff Green. And I think, you know, they answered that by we're just going to consolidate this roster to like the very, very best guys. And we're just going to run with them. We're going to roll with them. So like it worked last year. Cause you know, they had very good injury luck, which is usually the teams that win it all tend to have good injury luck. Um, so I'm curious to see how the depth looks. I know that didn't really, I didn't really answer your question, but no, it's fair. I think, I mean, Reggie's going to have to step up. It was incredible. He'll that be he, it. He'll be Yeah. It. He didn't even get opportunity. He didn't even get opportunity in the uh, yeah. postseason. And then Brown has to, you know, Christian Brown has to get even better. He, he just has mm-hmm. to be better, even though he was great last season. Yeah, I don't see. So that's the thing I don't see right there. Is a high like, ceiling. People, a high ceiling you know, for I him. Thought, I guess like people, people, I feel like I'm seeing too many people think that the Christian Brown, Brown is going to be Bruce Brown. Oh, he's no. Player. And oh, he's no. not. He's just not his game. Like, I yeah. think he's, he's probably a better He's got, I think he's got higher upside as a defender, to be honest, just because how big and strong he is. But uh, like offensively, it's just, I don't know. Bruce Brown was such a great like transition 
ball handler. He played with so much just like pizzazz um, and like fire when he was running up and down the court. So I just, I think that's going to be a hard one, hard hole to fill. Um, I think Reggie Jackson's probably a good innings eater for the regular season. I don't know how much playoff upside I see him having. Uh, I think, I mean, it's really going to be paid. How, how good is Peyton Watson? How good is, uh, what's his name? Jordan Strother. Strother. Yep. Uh, yeah. How good is he? How good is Zeke Najee? Uh, I mean, the, the thing is though, like Denver has a really good track record with young guys and like, you know, picking, picking talent. They have a good eye for talent at front front office. So I don't doubt that one or two of those guys becomes like, you know, the seventh and eighth man they need them to be. Um, so I guess I'll give them I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say that one or two of that little core of guys they have can fill it into a playoff rotation. Um, and if that is the case, that would make them the team I see being the most complete right now. Yeah, I, I feel like when people think about Bruce Brown, they're like, oh, he's just the product of the system. Or like, you know, like he's almost like one of those Miami Heat guys that's just like he benefited from the system, even though Max Struess just killed game one. Yeah. So he's not even – and I see – Struz killing summer league. So I, I like he's just actually really talented, that guy, but that's a whole other story. But with Bruce, like when he played with Brooklyn, he was the most one of the most unique players in the NBA. He could play the five, he could play the one, he could guard multiple positions. Like he was playing in that short role, like a big. And we saw that he didn't have to do as much as that with Denver, but he's just one of the most versatile and unique players in the NBA. And we're seeing that early with the Pacers. I don't know if you could just plug and play and you're just almost going to have to play different at certain points. You're not just going to find another Bruce Brown. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be, I mean, Murray's going to have to, he looks like he's ready to level up. He has to, he he has to be at an all-star level for sure. That's another thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, I think we're seeing more like Aaron Gordon kind of running in, running and gunning in transition is like the, the initiator. Um, probably see a little more of that. Yeah, it just really comes down to like those three guys I named, like Najee, Strother, um, Peyton Watson. I think there's one more I'm missing. But um, like if one, they can get one or two of those guys to be like somebody you can put in the top eight of your playoff rotation, I I think that you know just with the synergy of that top five, they're they're a hard team to beat. I know you did some research on uh, Sohan's game, and everybody's going to become more familiar with him after. Wemby's going to be in the story. I mean, everybody's going to be watching the Spurs more and more, but if he never develops as a shooter, what kind of player do you think he could be in the long run? It's probably like a Jared Vanderbilt. Okay. Um, it's probably what I I think he's a better, they have like different strengths and weaknesses. Like um, I would say that right now, you know, Sohan's probably better like on ball passer um, than Vanderbilt. I'd say Vanderbilt's probably more like a frenetic high motor guy. They both are right. They're, yeah, their motors say, are I'd ridiculous. Say, I'd say Vanderbilt's like, I don't know, man, he's got like, he's probably like the, the most like wired guy I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I'm not mad. I've never met him. I would actually love the opportunity to meet him. Um, but if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening to Vanderbilt, um, yeah, so I'd say they're in a nutshell. Um, they're like similar archetypes of players. I know whenever you say things in archetypes, you lose some nuance, but you get you get the point. So there's some I see him being that kind of player. Um is there Rod is, is there Rodman Draymond archetype in him too? Or you yeah, so that, that that's so um when I was doing though when I wrote that article that you referenced on Sohan, I think the whole idea of it is because you know everyone talks about it. Sohan's models his game after Dennis Rodman. Um and so like the thing is 
I could see him being like today's Dennis Rodman, right? Like type of player. But the problem is with how the game is now, like a player like Rodman just isn't as valuable as he was in the nineties, you know, where mm-hmm. back then it was really like the ability to get a contested rebound in the nineties, just it was invaluable. Like it was so huge. How congested the paint was always like where nowadays, like with the way the spacing is like, you're usually only competing like one other guy to get a rebound because everybody's out on the perimeter. Everybody's, you know, trying to run in transition. Everybody's trying to get back on the defense side of the ball um, to protect against transition. So like, I could see him being like this, like, like just being as good as Rodman. But like the thing is being as good as Rodman today, just, it doesn't mean as much in the long run. So I think that shooting thing is really going to be huge, like swing skill in terms of like, can he be a, top 50 player in the league or is he more like a top 100 top 125 player in the league you know cheddar wemby right now cheddar wemby um i don't know i mean i i think when wemby's freaky things from both of them i mean chet i mean wemby's ceiling is higher um Mm -hmm. i think uh but chet has a great chance for rookie of the year because he's going to implement himself into a winning team that will go to the playoffs i think about you know from my eyes yeah yeah they look good um I have, so I've only seen parts of the the Wemby experience. I watched a little bit of the Dallas game. Um, I haven't I haven't really gotten to like train my eyes on him for a long period of time. Chet did look like you you know he so he was playing against Draymond against the Bulls and like he did look like he was getting kind of dwarfed by Draymond a couple times. So he is still a little frail. But again, Draymond not Dr- excuse me Drummond Andre Drummond not, not <laughs> who actually uh, who actually Andre. dropped him. Yeah, yeah, he did drop him. So, like, but the thing is, like, how many Andrew Drummonds are, are there left in the league? Like, that kind of center is dying out. So, even if um, Andre Drummond is, you know, bodying him and whatnot, it's not it's not like too huge of a concern because how many big men in the league can really do that to him? Um, I did – I saw some, like, some nice – like, he attacked a closeout. looked pretty fluid. He had, like, a – he did the old, like, um, little MJ kind of fit, fall away jumper. Uh, on the left baseline, I think it was early in the game. That was like, wow. Okay, so he can he can put it down. So he's got some nice ball skills. Um, yeah, they're both of them. Both of them will be pretty interesting to watch over the season and over the next handful, couple of years, as long as both of them stay healthy. Not good. You seem to think his teammate SGA has a good chance for MVP. Yeah, I mean, he looked. Yeah, so I okay, so. I don't know. I'm kind of lame in terms of like whenever somebody on Twitter like gets really hyped about somebody, like like a lot of people are on Twitter are like, oh my god, like this guy's him, like this this, this that. <laughs> everybody like, everybody's him now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, like, you know, no, you know, that's the thing. Like I look at it, I'm like, okay, not everybody can be him because there's you know that defeats the purpose of being him. And uh, there was like a, <laughs> I remember when SGA he did some some crazy thing um, during FIBA. And his shin was like, you know, he has that crazy shin angle, right? The way he yes. gets his shins. And like, there's a picture of him that was like circulating on Twitter of, you know, just demonstrating that shin, his like, his shin angle and whatnot. And people are like, yeah, this guy's like already, he's going to be like a top five, top seven, top 10 player in the league already. I mean, he's um, all, he was all NBA first team. So, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I was like, okay, you know, I don't know. I kind of had him when I did like a, when I was kind of doing the top 25 in my head, like, I would say like, you know, in that 15, 20 range. I'm like, oh, this, you know, maybe a little bit too high on him, guys. And then I saw him against the Bulls, and I'm like, okay, wait. Nobody – so nobody can stay in front of him anymore, okay? Um, like, even Alex Caruso was kind of getting beat off the dribble. You know, so nobody can stay in front of him anymore. 
and he was just in such control. And I, I think he got better as a passer over the summer because he was hitting some kickouts, man. It was just like, it, I don't know, he just had such good – it was just the one game that's the only OKC game I've seen this year so far. But his his pace and his control and his tempo and his feel just looked so good to me. Um, and it's just like, man, like this guy's – he's got some of that like one-man – Offense into uh, and of himself kind of vibe to him right now. Um, I, I could definitely see like the narrative angle for him if OKC is good, if they're a top four seed. I could see the narrative angle for him kind of being the MVP. Yeah. You know, the voters like to see somebody new for the most mm-hmm. part. And uh, yeah. he definitely has that wave with him. He just has to perform at this point. Uh, LeBron James, I mean, like that minutes restriction didn't last very long. He played 39 minutes last night i feel like a lot of that i don't know maybe this is just my mind going into an abyss is like he's on a minutes restriction so he could play with both his sons eventually i think that has something to do with it i don't know i don't know what's going on i don't know if they'll be able to sustain that and be like a great team in the west during the regular season yeah i don't i don't know so i mean the west is, is gonna be very finicky this year um there's a lot of good teams um unfortunately one of those good a couple of those good teams are gonna be missing the playoffs but um yeah, his right. minutes restriction. Um I don't know. I feel like even like if he plays thirty nine minutes, like he knows how to make it like so it's like a thirty two minute detriment on his body. You know what I mean? Like he knows the how defense, to play. right? Yeah, well, sorta. I'm not I'm not gonna get get into that. Um I still think he's <laughs> a, he's a fine, serviceable defender, but I, he just knows he's he's got so much like institutional knowledge at this point, so much guile. He he just he really knows how to kind of pick his spots, you know. So yeah. I don't know about the minutes. I think it's just like it really comes down to like how healthy can him and AD be this year. Um, and if AD could be like consistent, right, over the course yeah. of a game and over the course of a season. Yeah, I think that stuff's a little bit overblown um, with a, the consistency. I mean, the, the first half, second, was, the first half, second half thing was crazy the other night. Yeah, right? yes, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it gets a little bit overblown, at least on the. OK, so I can see it on the offense. I think people over-index on the offense side of the ball. I think defensively, you know, he looks just as, you know, um, titanic in that aspect, pretty much like throughout games. I think it's just maybe offense, the aggression. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, get, I think it gets a little bit overblown. I think it's just really it's really about, like, those two, you know, both being able to play, you know, 60, 65 games this year um, in terms of them kind of, you know, getting into – getting to the playoffs and all that. I think that the big thing is they just need to get into the playoffs. I don't think the Lakers should be too worried about the home court advantage um, or anything like that. We saw last year they were seventh seed. They made it to the the conference finals. So, yeah. Matt, who's the most complete team in the NBA? Is it – I mean, we talked about Denver already. We have the Bucks and the Celtics in the East. Uh, I mean, we already talked about Denver's depth. Uh, are they the most complete team, or do you seem to think somebody else is that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, because we're kind of seeing like all the flaws now, right? We hype so many teams going into the season, but you can like pick part every team. See, you're starting to yeah. see the outline now. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's either Denver or Boston. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think they probably have like the I, the way I like to go about it is like how like granular. Like when somebody asks me what this team's like weaknesses are, like how in depth do I have to go to explain that weakness? Um, whereas like so like if you tell me like I don't know. Uh, like the Bulls, right? We'll just use the Bulls as example. I'll pick on the Bulls because I watch a lot of them. Can't really explain why I do it, but people ask me like, "Well, what's their, 
what's their um problems i'm like yeah they don't have much rim protection don't have much spacing like it's just like simple simple stuff they don't have a lot of flow in their offense chemistry that, too on, on the court chemistry yeah yeah, you get the point. Like, I can easily yeah. pinpoint it. Where people like ask me, like, what is the Boston Celtics' biggest flaw? I'm like, well, sometimes if they play teams that are really good at closing driving lanes and pressuring Jalen Brown's handle and Jason Tatum's handle, sometimes if they don't have a guy who can kind of stir the drink for them and help their offense flow, they get into bad habits and take a lot of mid-range jumpers instead of getting paint touches and, you know, kicking it out and keeping the energy in the ball. Like, I get into this huge rant, right? And that tells me that this team is really, really good because, yeah. like, it takes me a long time to kind of you know illustrate what it is that you can get them with um and i think they've kind of caught a bad break because they keep running into a team like the miami heat who that is literally their mo is like we can we can you know make things super ugly for you and we love playing ugly um so yeah i I think boston or denver boston or Denver. i want to i would love to see this year denver play a playoff series against a team that can really make Jokic work on defense. I just want to see what it looked like again because we haven't seen we didn't get to see that last year's playoff run. They got off the hook where they didn't have to play like a a team with a a really dangerous kind of pull up offensive hub who couldn't you know also get like just hunted on defense. You know, you mean maybe like if Porzingis is playing the five, like if they played the Celtics. Well, I guess on the there's a five too. I was just talking more like you know like the kind of like. You know, a guard who can really just make Jokic come up up to the screen, go down. Like, maybe oh, so like down. even like against the Bucks with like Dame. Yeah, Dame would be a good one I mean, if they played the Warriors this year. Oh, okay, um, yeah. You know, like a Steph Curry. Um, oh, I'm trying to think somebody out west who would really make them work. I honestly, if they. Oh, I mean, the yeah, well, at, uh, Fox would make it work, even though I mean his pull up shooting isn't like the, the Kings. Yeah, would play them good because also Sabonis is he's like. A, Pretty solid Jokic defender, um, but he does well. He's actually a guy that Jokic could sag on. No, I, I yeah, that's true. You that's know what I mean. True, but I was saying, yeah. But he can also he could you know he could bang with Jokic. He can. Uh, you know he's, he's built like an ox. Um, I mean, Malik Monk honestly would he would make life pretty tricky on Jokic with how how nuclear he gets sometimes. I could see Jokic like forcing him into a bad decision somehow. I don't know. Yeah, he probably could. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. I think that'd be a fun, that'd be a super fun like one eight yeah. series if we got that. Oh man, I would watch. I'd probably stop like watching other games just to rewatch those games. Right. Um. So yeah, that'd be so yeah. A team like that, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, would be a good foil for them in the West. I mean, we just watched Phoenix. They they don't look like they're really much of a foil for them. Um, it would have to be like a good pull up three point shooter. Who would also is a really good passer and could take advantage of the way that Denver likes to defend. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, there's some guys yeah, like that. That see how like much we have to talk about it, like to figure out the weakness and stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It tells me like that's a good sign that, that Denver's good. Yeah. <laughs> they are good. They're the champs. Matt Grayson, where can we find your written work these days? Um, that'll be changing soon. Uh, little illusion there well for this podcast how do i say you know matt is working here you know what i mean so okay so what won't (laughs) change i'll be at i'm at forbes and okay the analyst i also write uh for sp nation from time to time i think okay that's the bread and butter of it you can find me on twitter though i think that's the best way because i usually tweet out my work at at mattisa 15 on twitter so at m-a-t-i-s-s-a 15 matt great stuff you're always welcome back on the show great costume uh yesterday that was good it was a good pose it was just like mj 
You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. Thank you so much, Andrew. Anytime. There it was. Episode 521 is in the books. Big shouts to Matt for joining in. We appreciate you. This episode was brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. $100 using code combo on prospects is also a great way to support this podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Good Drills, the all-encompassing basketball, skill development, and strength training app. If you want to improve your game, go to the link in the show notes and sign up for Good Drill. CEO Bobby White Listens to every episode of Combos Court and signing up to Good Drills through the link in the show notes is also a great way to support Combos Court. Be on the lookout for episode 522 Combo out.